I have with me uh, Mikhail Graves, and we were going to have this conversation a couple, uh, last week, I believe, but something happened last Thursday, and his phone dropped. The line dropped. And so I have him back. He was, uh, he was the front man of the legendary hardcore pop metal band, The Misfits, between 1995 and 2000. And uh, I am happy to have him back. Welcome back, man. Thank you for coming back. Jesse, thank you for having me back. Yeah, so what happened that day last Thursday? Uh, you know, I don't, I, I live on a, I live in rural New York state and when the wind blows more than 20 miles an hour, we, we lose power often. So I don't know. I, I the, the power went down the internet was all, was all wonky. Uh, it just wasn't meant to be. Well, now we're back. I, yeah. th this is manhood hour. And I want to first ask you, what is a man? A man is 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 someone, an individual who who takes care of their responsibilities, the responsibilities that that individual has accrued uh, over a lifetime. Someone who's responsible for their mind, <laughs> their body, their spirit. Um, yeah, that's. And what is love? Love is 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 God. Love is, is forgiveness. Uh, love is uh, a, allowing an individual to be an individual and that acceptance and that, um, again, you know, I, I equate love with, with forgiveness. Okay. Love is, uh, love is everlasting. Amazing. And so I got to ask what, you know, you've been a member of a very popular band, uh, Misfit. And you've done really well with that. What is important to you today? What's important to me today, especially, is is meaningful interactions with with people, um, fans, friends, uh, th through my career. It's it's important to have meaningful interactions with people. What do, what do I mean by meaningful interactions with people? I mean that uh, it, coming in contact with people and, and, and having these experiences with people and especially young, young men who, who are, are drawn to my music and, and to my career especially. I often say that when you talk about fame, you talk about celebrity, that those things are, are often in the minds of young people equated with with, with money, with power, with popularity, uh, with all of the things that are in this world. And what I say is that I'm probably the, the richest person that, 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 that these folks have ever met. And it's not because I have a lot of money. It's not because I have a nice car. It's not because, um, it's not because of any of that. It's because in I've written these songs that come from my heart and my soul. Uh, you know, sometimes just in a in a in a room somewhere in in the middle of nowhere, and those songs go out into the world and they get into people's hearts and souls. And something that is that is ingrained in that in in the music in the song in that transmission in that broadcast resonates 
with people in a profound way. And there's magic in that. There's healing in that. And the, 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 the power of, of music um, helps people and it, and it saves people. And, and so um, what's important to me is, is going out there and, and, and stoking that energy and, and as well giving my testimony about how I've come to, to God and my relationship with, with Jesus Christ and why that that's important. What's important to me right now is, is being a, a, a culture warrior and really helping to transform and shift the, the culture away from uh, what, it, what it currently is. Yeah. I know that last Thursday we started out talking about uh, the misfits, who they are and why they mm -hmm. exist. Explain to the folks, the, the group misfit, misfits, who are they, the why, and what do they do? The misfits. The misfits started in the late '70s. It was. It was formed by an artist by the name of Glenn Danzig. The misfits were formed in about 1977. They broke up in 1981, I believe it was 1981, 1982. They uh, quickly took on legendary status. It was a punk band from from New York came up with the Ramones and in the, the CBGB, Max's Kansas City, punk rock community. Um, and the, the Misfits quickly became legendary, became very famous. Metallica, Marilyn Manson, uh, Megadeth, uh, you know, band, all, all, any popular band that you know of cites the Misfits as, as, a, uh, as an influence. I came into the band in 1995 when when the remaining members decided to um, come back and, and, and relaunch the, the band. And I was at the right place at the right time. And I auditioned for the band and uh, I, I began singing for them when I was 20 years old in 1990. It was actually 1994, 1995. We signed with Geffen Records and away we went. And so were a lot of young guys and girls attracted to it because you say misfit music? What I is think so, sure, yeah. Was, I, it, I think, was it dark music? What type of music was it? It was definitely dark music. Um, sure, young, young, again, especially young men were attracted to the music. The music was fast. It was aggressive. It was loud. It was very theatrical. Um and 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 for all those things the punk rock ethos the way that that we look the way that i look the music that we were making certainly uh folks who felt on the fringe of 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 things socially um politically certainly um are and, and were drawn to to the music and to the image and so you were i was told i don't know but i was told that it was like an underground group is that true? It was an underground group, absolutely, in, in the end of the, the 70s into the 80s. The, the Misfits were, were much more of a legend than they actually were anything else. Once 1995 hit uh, and I joined the band and we were signed to a, a major label, we were signed to Geffen Records, we went out on the road with some very, very popular bands, uh, it became much more of above ground than, than underground. And we were rubbing elbows with Rob Zombie, again, with the guys with Metallica, Typo Negative, 
Marilyn Manson, Tool, Lamb of God. What does underground mean for me? I think, I think underground means uh, not in the, the mainstream. So oh. the mainstream music magazines, uh, MTV, any of the, the mainstream channels that are, that are, that are pumping out music or, or, or culture is not underground. Underground would be, you know, playing uh, the, the 200, 300 person club circuit in America. And so what was going on in your life at that time, at 20 years old, that you wanted to sing misfit music? Well, I, I was, I, I always knew in my mind, my heart and my soul that I was called to be a musician. God put put talents and gifts in inside of me yeah. to prepare me to to be a musician. So I always knew that I was uh, this is what I was going to do. Um, I was about a year or so out of high school. Um, uh, you know, I, I was I was a 19, 20 year old young man full of piss and vinegar, if, if you will, <laughs> the 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 music uh, and and. Uh, uh, attracted me, uh, especially because of all the things that I, I explained before, the aggressiveness, the, um, uh, the, the look, you know, I was a theater kid. So, so the makeup and the, the dress up part of it was, was very appealing. Um, you know, my, 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 I mean, personally, the, you know, my mom and dad were, were, uh, were getting divorced when I was, when I first was, was in the band um, again, my life was tumultuous because of just the way that, that I was. I didn't want to focus on anything else in the world but, but my music and the band, and that got me into a lot of trouble in high school. And I was never a very clicky person, so I was always on the outskirts of, of different groups. I was the weirdo guy that dressed in black and dyed my hair. So it was right up my alley, right down to the name of the band. The first, the first band I ever started when I was about 12 years old, I called it Social Outcast. <laughs> so again, it was right up my alley. Nice. And I was going to ask, were you singing, making music before you joined the Misfit uh, oh, yeah. band? I want to oh, show yeah. your picture so people can see what you uh, point out you, because I couldn't tell at first. Um, what you look like when you were a member of the Misfit. And, and, and that's Miguel in the front. Which, which one is him? I can't hear you. I think the one with the blonde hair. Is that you yeah. with the blonde hair? That would be me with the blonde hair, yes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, do you still dress like that at time to perform? I, I do, yeah. Sometimes oh. I, I I do when I do that uh, uh, those performances. Last year before uh, before the Chinese flu, I was doing a tour called the American Monster Tour, which was uh, the Misfits albums that I wrote, <laughs> and I performed them back to back. And so I I, I dressed up old so, school, if you will. So when you, it's time to perform, how long does it take you to complete the costume thing? It usually takes me about 
um, I, I set aside three hours to 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 get ready to put on everything I have to put on and to stretch my body and prepare my mind. Three hours. That's amazing. And so when you were when you joined this group, were you like an unhappy kid? You had you were were you lonely or sure unhappy and all that? I was. I was all those things. And what Jesse. caused yeah, that? Yeah, I was 19, 20 years old. I was I was all of those things. Were you smoking pot? Uh, no, I wasn't smoking. Uh, a, a, I was smoking a little bit of pot. I wasn't smoking a lot of pot. Uh, I, I didn't drink a lot of alcohol. Um, what caused your loneliness and sadness and, and emptiness and all that? I don't, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. There was always, um, there was always something in my heart and in my soul that was, uh, that, that, that felt a, a certain way uh when i one of the th one of the things that i i peg back to the how i've become me when i was two years old when i was very very young my mother's mother passed away suddenly i was a very very young man and i was very very close to my mother now i re i i i i remember and i think that because of my mom being so psychically wounded by by losing her mother at that time a lot of that emotion a lot of that feeling got in into me um which then played a part all the way up to who i am now whether it's compassion or, or feeling emotion empathy for for um for 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 people in in general um were you close to your father I was pretty close to my dad up until about my teenage years. And then what happened? Um, my mother and my, my father uh, fought a lot. They, I, I guess they decided that, that they, were, they weren't in love anymore. Um, and my, my dad, who, who was a police officer all my, my life, he worked shift work. He was gone a lot. He, was, uh, he became a, a, a paramedic. So he was, my dad worked a lot. And um, yeah, so during my teenage years, I, I just kind of went off and, and did my own thing. And, and uh, my dad did his own thing as well. And then eventually my, my father divorced my mom and, and moved out and paid a lot more attention to uh, the, the, his other family. Oh, he went and got married to someone else? Yes, sir. And made yes. children with that woman? Nope. No, um, you took care of someone else's children. Yes. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I was. I was angry for for a long time. I was angry for for a long time. Did you forgive him for leaving and doing that, taking on someone sure else's? Did. You talked to him. You talked to him. I did. And how did it yeah. go? Very well. Yeah, it went very well. Years years ago, I I I, I put all of that of the anger the animosity the that rejection you know i used to say I used to look i have my father's hands i used to look at my hands and 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 want to cut my hands off Amazing. and uh you know because it reminded me of my dad and 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 that's not a healthy way to to be did you um, forgive and, your mother for recreating you in her image i Yes, yes, I, I did. I, I forgave my mom for, for any and, and all projection that was, was put on me. Did you tell her um, that? 
I did. And what did she say? I, I did. Uh, we we both cried. Uh, you know, I, I forgave her. What was her. she crying about? I think she was crying because of the depth of emotion and the she when when I came to her with this, um, you know, the, the the first time years and years ago, uh, the amount of thought that I put into it and the sincerity behind it, it was it was it was it was touching and it was it it was freeing as well. Yeah. So are you over all that stuff now, the emotional stuff and thinking and feeling like a woman? I am. Nice. And so now you're married, right? I'm going to, uh, I'm, I consider myself married, but my, my, um, my Lindsay and I are going to get married in May. You're living May with 23rd. her now? Yes. And so you're a Christian, right? Yes. But why would you consider yourself married when you're not married? Um, well, I know that I'm not married, but I, <laughs> I, I you know, I'm, I, I abide by all of the, 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 the rules of commitment and responsibility that, that a man takes on when, when, you def when one devotes and commits to, to, uh, to a lady. But you're not supposed to commit to a lady. You commit to God, and then you would naturally treat the woman in the way she should be treated. Why would Indeed. you do it? Why don't you? You're a Christian now. You've been through a lot. Why not mm -hmm. do it the right way? Because you you have a, at least one child, right? I do. I have yes. I have I have three children. I, God is first place in my life. I have committed. So why my not life. do it the right way then, so that your woman, your woman, your girlfriend, and your kids can see that. What do you mean doing it the right way? Get married first and then do it, live together. Uh, well, it just didn't work out that way. Why not? <laughs> it, it didn't work out that way. Why not? Uh, well, my, 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 my Lindsay and I have, have a, have a child together and, uh, the decision was, was made by us that it would be a much better, um, a much better situation for our son, um, to, to raise him in a, in a house together and, and have both of us here. But but not but not do it in the right way. Well, yeah. So well, not doing it in 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 the way that is, um, sp you know, spelled out. I guess it in 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 scripture. The way God want you to do it, right? That's right. Uh, so listen, you, your girlfriend already had kids. No. And so you say you have a child. So all your all her kids are yours. I have two children from my prior marriage. Oh, I see. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. And how old are they? I have uh, an 11-year-old. I have a soon-to-be 9-year-old, both girls, and my son is, is three. And so your daughters, do they live with you or their mother? They live with their mother. Oh, I see. That's Most amazing, man. Um, so I want to know, I know that recently you have been uh, getting criticism for expressing support for conservative views. Um, um, what is it like being white? You are an American. The country was founded and built by white men, and they made a mistake of letting other folks come in. And now that the other folks are in this country, whether they're born in this country or not, the colors, 
and they're attacking you, calling you white supremacists and racists and knocking out white people, want to take your stuff away from you, blaming you for their failure in life. What is that like for you? Man, I, I was I was raised to to be colorblind. Um, so. Uh, it. Wow, it. There's a I mean, it makes me sad. It makes me angry. Um, it, it, it makes me fearful. Um, this, the, the, the spirit that has taken over on this, the spirit that is, that is part of all of those things that you just described. Um, and that the hatred that's ingrained in it is, is, uh, is disturbing. Um, it's um, it's it's hard to describe. I, I don't have hate in my heart, and um, I've I've been able to travel all over the world. I've 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 been to just about every place you can you can go. I, I've I've seen the the outcome of um, movements and and things that were born out of hate. Uh, last year, I spent time and 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 got to visit visit Auschwitz and, and Birkenau and um, again this the spirit of a place like that when when you when all of this collective hate is unleashed on, into this world and onto humanity is 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 almost too much to 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 take to bear it's it's incredible and so when I see that same sort of thing happening those same gears being pulled, those the same, um, the same ingredients to to stoke what's being stoked used in this country. It's 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 alarming. It's saddening. Um, it makes me angry, um, especially because and I have young children. Yeah, you. you know, I've I've lived a great. I've lived a really great life, Jesse. I, I'm I'm 45. I'll be 46 years old. I've it's not necessarily just you know about me and my life. It's about it's about my children and, and the world that they're going to inherit. I think it's evil what's happening to white people around the world. They they uh, create the greatest country in the world, and they invite other people to come and be a part of that. And these people, rather than having appreciation and giving back and making it better, they want to destroy it. They want to blame white people for it. They want to turn white folks country into the the asshole countries that they left it is shocking that's true it's shocking that's to true. see that but what's more shocking to me is that white people are afraid to stand up for themselves they're afraid of that's being right. called racist and i don't know how they expect things to get better when your enemy can see that you have fear again part of what what i am doing and i i continue to do and is is to live my life the best I can to be an example to especially young men and artists again because it's a culture thing this this problem that we have this white guilt and uh, and 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 all of the the militancy that that it, that's out on the streets was was born a, a lot of it and fostered through music and through art and through culture 
especially punk rock music and heavy metal and heavy music, the, the community, the industry that I've been part of, that I've been railing against and saying that it needs to stop or you're going to have bloodshed in the streets, which we have. Yeah. You have to put away that 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 fear the fear of of being attacked the the fear of being called a name the fear of having things taken from you yeah at the end of the day and that's why it's so important to have god in your life and to have a relationship with jesus because we are in this world we are not of it and when all of the when you when you disconnect from all of those things money and fame and yeah and what this person's going to think about me and oh am i cool or when you disconnect from all of those things and you get closer to god that discernment creeps into your heart and your soul and all of a sudden you can see the world differently and 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 like the the young men in the lion's den if if the lions are going to eat me then then i'm then that's fine uh but i i've but you have to be strong. You have to stand on your own two feet. Absolutely. You have to stand up for, for what's right. You, um, are without you, I, fear. I believe on YouTube, on your show, I think you will call a white supremacist for comparing the hate for white people to what the Jews went through during World War II. Is that true? They did that to you? That's 100% true. Yes. And why? Why would they do that? Because they're ignorant and they don't the the people that were charging me with that have no understanding of 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 history and what i was saying was that when you demonize a certain group of people and you take away their humanity so that individuals or groups of individuals look at that those person that that those people not as humans as objects it's much easier to destroy those those people exactly the way that the the Jews were demonized exactly the way that when you go to boot camp you're 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 that's how you maximize soldiers killing humans killing other people is when you take that humanity away from those from those people and just objectify them and demonize them you were in the marines at one time right I joined the, the the Marine Corps Reserves, yes. I mean, hold on one minute. Let me take a quick break. I'll come back and we'll wind up. I am enjoying talking to you, man. This is amazing. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> back in a moment. Um, one other quick question then. I know we got to run. Um, I was driving down the road last week, or a couple weeks now, maybe two weeks ago, and waiting at the stoplight. Um, old white guy walking across the road, minding his own business, and some black guy came out of nowhere and just knocked the guy out, you know, from behind. And I, I turned around and went to help the guy, but he was up. He was on the phone, nose bleeding. And he didn't know what, you know, he didn't know the guy. He don't know why he did it. And that's happening a lot to white people. And the blacks are allowed to get away with that. When you go out in public, are you concerned that you or your girlfriend might be knocked out by a black person? No, because where I live, you know, I, I live in rural New York State. So when myself or my family, when we go out around here, um, 
it's it's not a, it's not it's not crowded you know it's it's there's not a lot of there's not a lot of city folk if if you will so not uh, a lot I, of black folks there well yeah there's not there's there's not there's keep there's it that way people. there's mostly old old white people keep it uh, that way where, where i live i'm what? about 40 50, i'm about south of albany new york um i would not i would not walk around a mall the mall or or i wouldn't walk around uh albany with my family are you surprised that black uh, yes. people have sank that low that they have so much hatred in their heart that they would do that to another human being? Am I surprised? Yes. No, I'm not surprised because of the culture, because of the, because of what's being pumped into people's minds. I, I don't, I can't just bring myself to say that, you know, all these people are bad because there's a lot of white people that are, that are doing just as much harm. Um, Are there white people going around knocking out black people? No, no, there's not. I'm saying that there's there. He froze. What the amazing discussion, uh, Macau. I really, really enjoyed it, man. We got to do it again. His thing froze, so we got to move on. But I really enjoyed talking to him. All right. Amazing. And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share the Jesse Lee Peterson radio show, folks. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America. And it's going to take all of us to do it.